0: How is is Dak Prescott, coach.
1: This is the Rich Eisen Show. I mean, he looks great. I mean, he really does. I mean, he's in here every day, so um, I, I can't say enough about the progress
2: he's made.
3: Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles.
2: It was a great day when his contract was completed for everybody here. The
3: Rich Eisen Show. How about the cowboy? Earlier on the show, Fox Sports college football
0: analyst, Joel Klatt. From NBC Sports, Peter King. Coming
3: up, Buccaneers General Manager Jason Light, CNN Post Jake Tapper, and now it's Rich Eisen.
0: Our number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program. Um, Joel Clatton, Peter King already. Jason Light, the General Manager of the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Is calling in right now. Um, uh, While we were on the air last hour, our colleague Colin Coward had uh, Devontae Adams on the program from the Green Bay Packers. Mm. Devontae said that the uh, Packers and Aaron Rodgers needed to, quote unquote, iron a few things out. And similar to what Peter said, that it's not about money, Mm -hmm. um, it's about... other things, he said that that Roger that Rogers was looking for, um, some things from the organization. So and that he backed him a hundred percent, though, that's not a surprise right there. Nope. So keep an eye on that situation. And joining us here on the Rich Eisen show is a man who is kind of on another side of things, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> I mean. Uh, He's uh he's figuratively water skiing behind boats that uh, carry uh, trophies and get thrown from one uh, boat to another. <laughs> Fresh off a remarkable non-playing season in which uh, he seems to have the whole band back together with free agency through uh, that looking glass and a draft in the books, the general manager of the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jason Light, back here on the Rich Eisen show. How are you, Jason?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing, Rich?
0: I am doing better uh, for for you asking. Thank you for asking. How's life? How's life for you, Jason Light? How's everything?
1: Life is uh pretty good. It was a hectic off season. One of these days going to realize we won the Super Bowl. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: How did you um I guess how did you go about it? Did you have like a list of I'm going to hit these people and I'm going to get them handled or how many plates were you spinning at once trying to re-sign everybody that were free agents from your championship team? Jason Well,
1: there're quite quite a few of us here in a lot of plates doing this. Uh, you know, no one person can do this on their own. So I have, I have a great staff. Um, we didn't necessarily prioritize any one over the other. We kind of prioritized every one of them, and everyone was unique. Every negotiation and just started. I kind of felt like uh, the Seinfeld episode. As soon as we got one done, we'd ring the bell and uh, you know, <laughs> and have another one and mark it up on the chalkboard. So. It was uh, finally we were finally able to get through all of them. I, I at the time I didn't I didn't realize that it hadn't been done since whatever 1977. If I would have known that, then I would have been a lot more stressed about so, it. But uh, once Bruce made the proclamation at the at the uh, boat parade, and then I doubled down and said the same thing, and then I turned around and I said, "Oh no, what did I just do?"
0: <laughs> saying that you could resign everybody, that you could get yeah, I meaning
1: we could resign everybody. But we were confident. Guys wanted to come back. Great environment, great head coach, great ownership, great quarterback. We, uh, a lot of great players. So it's, it was, uh, it wasn't as, it wasn't as, I mean, everything's a little bit strenuous getting through negotiations. They're not all easy. But uh, at the end of the day, everybody wanted to be here. So that's, that's exciting.
0: So uh, does that make you the Lloyd Braun of general managers, if I'm not mistaken, based <laughs> on your analogy right there, Jason? Did you? <laughs> and who does that make I Costanza's guess... dad? Is that Arians Costanza's dad in the garage of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah,
1: maybe, uh, yeah, maybe you could say that. I, I, okay. Although I, I will still uh, <laughs> George's dad's line of serenity now. After it's all done. ha, <laughs> ha.
0: <laughs> well, you got it done, Jason. You definitely got it done. How much did Brady play a role in in all of this? Jason.
1: Well, the fact that we were, we extended him, we were able to, you know, give us some relief on the cap was big. And the player's, you know, what Tom brought to the organization as a leader, uh, you know, is is priceless and Having him and Bruce as our head coach and quarterback tandem uh, both excellent leaders, both very unique people and in in what they do the way they do it is it obviously played a huge role and these guys wanted to come back and, and be a part of it again
0: well I mean the reason why I asked this too as well is did did he make some calls to help the band get back together here to twist an arm pound a table? Uh, to you or twist an arm with uh, one of his teammates to, to, to come back?
1: I think we were all pretty much on the same page, Bruce, myself, him, on that we wanted to bring back as many as we could. I don't know what conversations he had uh, you know, with, with our players, uh, to be honest with you. Um, I just knew at the beginning of free agency, I said, hey, I'm going to do my best to get everybody back. And that was really the last we talked about it.
0: And then your conversations with him – um, personally, Jason, I, 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 tr- I really want to dig into this as much as you're willing to share because I, I'm, I'm sure you're aware that there are some other teams with first-ballot Hall of Fame quarterbacks who might be having an issue with not having a say and how a, um, in a roster is fashioned around them and to their desires and they're all pointing at your organization with you and your quarterback and saying how come you. We can't be more like them. And uh, what what is your relationship with Brady? Do do you ask him what he's interested in? Does he volunteer it? Like what what is what is the the secret sauce that goes in right here, Jason?
1: It it you know it's 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 that's a fair question. But we he came to our team with because of the great coaching that we have, the great head coach, and the the, the great players and. He wants to play with great players. There's never been a conversation. Well, you better get this guy, or we don't want that guy. Or uh, I've never talked to him about the draft. Bruce and I did mention to him leading up to the draft that we might take the quarterback. Just we would do that with any great quarterback, but yet alone the goat. But he's he had. A, well, I hate to sound cliche, but he trusted uh, in the plan that we wanted to bring everybody back, and there were really no never any. Side conversations about uh, how far along are we with this guy? What should I do? What can we do? Um, move on from him. He, he's not like that. He's a great leader, and um, he's you know he's got the players' trust, and he trusts us.
0: And so there's really never much of a conversation of you saying, "Well, you know, who do you like?" Because again, I, I and I know this is a very touchy subject, and 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 so I ask it gingerly, but it just seems that you've You've got a relationship, and it all worked out. You won a championship. you you extended him that is the envy of every over thirty five goat quarterback for their franchises and And it seems like you're you're on cruise control in that respect, and that's why I'm trying to figure out what the two way street might be here to you know because he's got a window of opportunity in his mind, and you're dressing that window of opportunity, and it seems like it's being dressed the manner in which it makes him very happy. And I'm wondering how that works with your relationship, Jason.
1: Well, I, think he's, I think he was very happy just with the players and the rosters and the coaches, like I said before. And now with, with any great player like Tom at that position, if we're thinking about signing uh, Gio Bernard, for example, I'll let him know, hey, thinking about signing Gio Bernard, a little push might help. He's like, I'm on it. Um, love that kid. You know, uh, with Leonard last year, that that's awesome. I would love that he'd be a great addition. I'll, I'll help you out, you and Bruce out as much as I can. So, I think he likes the fact that we we tell him, you know, who we're thinking of signing every once in a while, if it's particularly if it's going to help him at, 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 at you know on the offense. So, but in terms of having a a meeting where we go over the board and talk about all of our plans, uh, that's that's just not his style. He's he trusts us, like I said.
0: And then um, when you had Jason Light, GM of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here on the Rich Eisen Show, I'm going to ask you the $64 million question here. Um, when you talked to him about extending, was there a sense that this is the last contract extension you're going to have a conversation with him? Did he give you any indication at all how long None. he wants to play?
1: I'll, I'll, I, you know, I want to keep all those conversations, most of them private, but no not, no inkling at all. Uh told him he wants to play until he's 50, and he's still playing – and he feels like he can still play. He can play until he's fifty. So,
0: and then you mentioned you and Bruce did say heads up, um, we might be taking a quarterback in the draft. You did give him that heads up.
1: Yeah, gave him that heads up. Okay. just didn't. He almost responded as if he, I appreciate you letting me know. You didn't need to let me know, but I appreciate it. And whatever whatever we have to do to make the team better.
0: So, what do you say to Kyle Trask? Welcome to the team. There's uh, there's your quarterback room with the goat. Um, understand that you might have to take his elbow during uh, a boat parade, but other than that, like, what do you what do you say to Kyle Trask when you welcome to the team, Jason?
1: Well, actually, I had the chance to talk to him a few times since, and uh, told him he's got a great opportunity with this, you know, playing behind Tom and, and Blaine is a great uh, mentor as well, and and then obviously this coaching staff, um, Byron and. Clyde Christensen and Bruce and Tom Moore. It's he's a great opportunity, and I think he's he's beyond excited about it. It's it's uh, I, I, like I said. I think it's a great opportunity for a young quarterback to come in and, and see and see firsthand how how you know Tom Brady operates. Yeah, get ready for a game.
0: Zero pressure in a season. Zero pressure, right? I mean, just like zero pressure. Just learn what you can learn, glean what you can glean, and and just um, check Tom out. All you can. I guess that. And then, and and then you point out, I mean, what a hell of a coaching staff you have of all the experience together. It seems to me that Bruce is totally um, energized. Not like that that's ever been a question, but obviously with him coming out of retirement, um, that he seems re energized. And is, is there any talk about how, how long he wants to still be at it, Jason,
1: to you? There, we really haven't had that talk. We're in, in this, uh, in this business, it's a year. One year seems like ten. Right. So, he, I do, I do agree with you. He, he has felt, never felt better, never looked better, and he is energized. He's got a, he's got a great staff that I don't want to say we're on cruise control because he rides them um, like any good coach does. But he has total trust in in his entire staff, offense and defense.
0: Well, he loves Leftwich. I, I mean, like he, you know, he 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 handpicked Byron. Um, you know, in many different ways from being a player to being a coach. And then I know he was here when he was, you know, out of the game and in the booth at CBS at the time, literally sitting in the chair that's to my right here, Jason, talking about how he was fearful sometimes that he might have a, a health episode on the sideline and he would never come back without somebody who he trusted to call the plays. And that person is Byron Lefwich. And I mean, he is beyond dynamite, and I'm wondering what you you think of him long term future for your franchise as well. Well, Jason,
1: well we're we're in a we're in a great position where we have a lot of great coaches, and Byron is one of them. Todd Bowles, um, Harold Goodwin, um, we're 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 stacked at our coordinator position. So, uh, our special teams, um, I think we're going to be a lot better this year, and we improved in a lot of areas last year. So, we we've, we've got a lot of great coaches and we're we're focused on this year right now, but we do have a lot of coaches I think that would be uh great in the role of head coach.
0: In the few minutes I have left with you, Jason Light, GM Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what is what is the the I guess front burning issue on your radar screen? Uh, obviously, we we heard, you know, Tom did get on a call with the players association and pushed reportedly to use this moment um, to push back against uh, the amount of time that players are in quotes required to be there, or either not mandatory but kind of made to feel that way, uh, are, are, is there an issue with the Bucks getting you getting your players there for Bruce to get their hands on? I mean, what what is what's going on on that front? We're
1: just going to have to see how it plays out here. Of course, we would like to have as many players uh, the players that the less experienced players whether it's rookies or, or first, second, third year guys, backups at other positions to get them as prepared as possible and you know, the, the best way for that would for them to get as much work in as possible but we're just going to have to um, see how it plays out and our hands are tied right now. Let's, we'll We'll see what happens, but we, we just want to make sure that our players, when they, when we do report, um, get ready for the season and training camp and, in July, that they're in the best possible shape that they can be in.
0: So is there uh, – what, what's on your radar screen now? That you're, you're post-draft, you've got your undrafted free agents, you've got you know mandatory mini-camps coming up, and obviously um, everything out Like literally what's on your radar screen of concern for a general manager of a world champion club? right now.
1: Like I said that that everybody's in great shape that we don't have a lot of injuries once we report in, in for training camp and everybody's uh, up to speed the best that they can be so we can hit the hit the ground running and where we left so where we left off last year. So and and to be honest with you my my what's on my radar is is rookie minicamp coming up and then and then taking some time off with my family
0: for crying out loud. Good for you. Good for you. Um, and last one for you, Jason. I mean, I, I, I don't want to create a rift here. Um, and that's obviously a very controversial way to start a question. But I had Bruce Arians on the, the um, NFL draft coverage live on NFL Network. He said he was the one who threw the uh, Lombardi trophy from one boat to the next first before Brady were you did you witness this is this is this true did he flip the Lombardi trophy I did. Trophies? I
1: was I was on the boat my family was on the boat with with Bruce and saw him toss it over Come on I mean no it was a it was a 2 foot
0: toss but, okay. still, it's <laughs> but d- still there was there was a moment where the Lombardi trophy was aloft already um in the air from one boat to the yeah, other
1: Yeah you know and Bruce was more of a rushing quarterback than a throwing quarterback <laughs> so
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> so hold on a second. So did he flip it over Tom Moore to get it there? Is that what he's doing? I mean, like, like walk walk me through. Like, and was it Brady's boat that he flipped it to? Is that how that worked?
1: Yeah, it was. You know, it was a good toss. I, I didn't mean to take anything away from Bruce by saying he was more of a rushing quarterback, but um, right, it was okay. a pretty good toss. It was more like an option toss, and. and- um, it, like I said, it was about two feet away, and it was uh, it was done to perfection. It
0: really wasn't a flip. Okay, very good. And then last question on it, I could, I, I could understand exactly why memories are hazy. Um, who caught it on Brady's boat? What did Tom catch it? Was it thrown from Arians to Brady, or was it that?
1: St- uh, that is where things get a little hazy here. <laughs>
0: understood understood and it's not because you know it's been too long since the boat ride i could ask you that question with two minutes after it happened it would have been hazy at the time so you're saying jason
1: you 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 might be saying
0: the right okay very good i just want to be accurate that's all i want hey jason thanks for the time i always appreciate it let's talk uh during the summer and get uh, set for the season enjoy seeing the schedule coming out on wednesday do you have a sense at all right now who you think you're going to be Opening the season against right now, you got an inkling? What do you think?
1: I I, I really don't. I don't have any sense. I just know it. I'm sure it'll be a very good team that we're going to have to get ready for. And it is a
0: Thursday. <laughs> it is a Thursday night, though. They're not going to do it on a Sunday. You're you're planning for the the first Thursday? Is that what that is? I,
1: I, the only inkling I have, and it's not because I have information, but right. the only inkling I have is that it would be a Thursday night. All but right. you know that, that I could be wrong there as well.
0: Okay, Jason. Thanks for the call. Truly appreciate it. I hope you do get that time with your family. You deserve it. Thank you.
1: Appreciate it. They do. Thank you.
0: Excellent. You got it. That's Jason Light, everybody. Right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Yeah, that kind of caught me. Uh, did you see that? Or I, don't know I if did it, not. That's a yeah, first Yeah, we I had Bruce this. Arians on late Saturday on the draft. We had him on. And um, I don't know why I brought it up, but I brought up, you know, the Lombardi toss once again, and he... He said, I don't know why Tom gets all the credit for the toss because I threw it to his boat first. <laughs> and we were all looking at each other on the draft set like, did he just say that? Uh-huh. Did he threw the Lombardi first? Confirmed. It was just a two-foot toss. <laughs> Dad, no. Here comes. Here's Vivi Brady. Dad, no. Dad, no. I, it's still one of the most incredible. I mean that catch visions. right there up there with the Immaculate Reception,
4: <laughs> the Tyree catch,
0: no, Odell, if you are Santonio if you're referring to it being a high stakes grab, I would agree with that. <laughs> what a photograph. You and again, this you. got DM'd to us. TJ, that got yeah. DM'd to us from... Yeah. That's Chris Godwin's uh, now wife. Yeah. Well, the one that got DM'd
4: was from Cameron Brate's wife. Girlfriend. Wife. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Significant other.
4: But I actually took that screenshot and I put it on a T-shirt, which I should it's wear in here one day. Amazing. Amazing.
0: <laughs> amazing. Um, let's take a break. I'll give uh, a couple of cents on what I think that opening game's going to be. And then, and then Tim Tebow news? Tim oh. Tebow news. Tebow. All right. And then, of course, Bob Baffert was on Dan Patrick's show before this one. And uh, we'll talk about what's going on with the Kentucky Derby winning horse. Yep. It's all Tom Brady's world, and we are rent payers. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets. so now let's uh, talk about your decision to retire when did you
2: make that decision uh, we had talked about it as a family you know the, the weekend of after our thursday night game this year and um against seattle uh, yeah okay and uh, which was one of those gut wrenchers that we should have won and didn't but it really had nothing to do with it it was uh Time for my wife. She was done. and God bless her. Forty-seven years in this business is enough, you know. And uh, so it was. It was kind of easy. But when that kick missed in Seattle, when ours went through, the last game of the season. Yes. And theirs missed. Mm-hmm. I just got a real calming feeling that I made the right decision, and that, that was that was kind of the defining moment. No kidding. So when when you say that your wife was done, walk me and the listeners and viewers through what what was she done with and what 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 the stress you... the stress of being a coach's wife of, of watching my health go up and down you know with with wins and losses and um and i was i knew i was done too that that when we made that we had that conversation it says yeah you're right it, it, there's too much to live for to die on the sideline and there's nothing really else to do other than win a championship and i think The Cardinals can win the championship. The talent is there. Steve Kine will do whatever he needs to do to finish off this roster. And they'll hire the right guy. Um, So it was easy for me to step out and um, disagree with her for the first time in a long time. Was there really a a concern that you you would have a fatal moment on the sideline, Bruce? If you ever check my blood pressure during the game, one doctor tried to do that years ago, and he just said, I don't want to ever see these numbers again. Are you serious? You know, because I, I get a little hyped up, you know, especially with guys in striped shirts. <laughs> and, uh, if it weren't for them, it'd be an easy game. hmm Uh, but, uh, no, it was last year's scares mm-hmm. were eye-opening for me, you know, when I had cancer again. And, uh, to beat it. Didn't like the way the season ended last year. Mm-hmm. Um, than have this one torn apart with injuries but it, you just know when it's time i mean not like where
0: we always have a raucous time here but you could hear pin drop when he was here on that day talking about that that was really something jake tapper is going to join us in about 26 minutes time or 16 minutes time i should get my math right for jake um Here on the Rich Eisen Show, fascinating conversation with Jason Light just there. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We just had a fascinating conversation with Jason Light. It's not rocket science. Just tell your guy this is what we're doing. And I'm sure he's not. Look, no general manager wants to sit here and say, absolutely, um, having Tom Brady help me pick the players here. But he's basically saying, you know, it kind of helps that we won a Super Bowl and he likes the guys here, so let's run it back. Like, that's the marching orders. I mean, I'd be crazy not to do it. So, but him like, hey, I'm thinking of Gio Bernard. Great. Love that guy. Can you text him? Sure. Works out. Because also, wouldn't you also want to know what Tom's hearing too? Honestly, like Tom's been around for 20 years. He's been around for 20 years. Hey, Tom, Gio Bernard. What if Tom's like, yeah, that guy was a total, you know, this, whatever. I heard this about this guy. Like, no, I wouldn't. I'd stay away from him.
4: He's like a scout. I mean, Mike. Like,
0: like if I'm if I'm putting together a team of audio people, I'm look. I'm going to ask you for your two cents. Now, of I, I have to, I absolutely have, have to make the right decision. I understand uh, the dangers of me equating you to Tom Brady right now in this analogy. Okay. But I'm, uh, you I'm know. But honestly, painful.
1: no.
4: Uh, but I would, me and Brockman were talking about this. If you were going to replace me or Brockman, hypothetically, like you know that we're getting a little in, or older, we might whatever. If you said to me you're going to bring in a guy to watch
0: me. You'd be wondering what's going on. Exactly. I might feel
4: just as bad as if all of a sudden some guy just sits in the chair behind me and goes, what's this guy doing?
0: Now, what if you learned that I was bringing somebody in to watch you on national television oh, without be, a heads up and you had a drink in your hand. Now you're like, yeah, the whole like, country's watching. I, do I want to come back and be in the chair? I still cannot believe it. And, and if you know Aaron Rodgers, how do you not even give him a heads up? What do you just go like, I'll deal with it later? It's like, uh, who was that? was that it, 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 we got a lot of great Seinfeld references around. Here. How about right, yeah. how about Jason Light making a Lloyd Braun reference? Like, right. ding, put another one on the board and another <laughs> one comes in. Fantastic. Uh, it was Florio last week yeah. said it, it was like you know nobody wanted to tell Raquel Welch that uh
2: yeah that she uh, walked she uh, walked with her arms, with, with her arms yeah. nobody wanted to tell yeah.
0: her yeah you, you did, like you, did you, you not call Aaron I told you to call Aaron yeah let him know that we're trading up to go get somebody I mean, you know what I mean so oof. oh actually we have a shot of me telling you that we're bringing in somebody to uh go ahead no that's there we go <laughs> hey Mike yeah, we're thinking of replacing. Yeah, now. Nah, we're not, right. not with Jeff Walker. There's my that, replacement okay. behind <laughs> right? so me. Actually, saying, that is. Well, you brought Feller in there. And Feller, I love that? Feller. He's my Mikey, brother. You are good. You
2: have lost some weight since then. I have. You have. I'm working. So, I'm
0: working. um, and by the way, uh, there's two choices for the opening game, for the Bucks. There's two choices. As you look at their schedule, they're not going to put. They're not going to put a division game. They're not putting a division game. They're not putting the Saints and Jameis Winston in that building. I don't care how many people think that that's going to be the answer. They're not having a division game that they the bills visit the bucks that's not going to be it either That's not going to be. I know that's not going to be. With all due respect to Bills Mafia, you are a passionate fan base. You can make the case that you are the most passionate fan base. You can make the case that you travel to Bills games and that there is going to be a different COVID nineteen world, and you will make it a big event, and so on and so forth. You can say that you are the team to beat in the AFC, and there is a terrific argument on that front as well. This is not anything other than to say. No disrespect to you. I'm not going to go out and say, if it's not this game, I will eat a hat. I can't do that because you never know. But TJ Jefferson is already holding out the shirt. It is the Dallas Cowboys. How do you not have Dak's first game back and the Dallas Cowboys in the stadium when Brady and the Bucks are raising the banner how is that not the game? I would be stunned if that is not the season opener that I am helping announce on, from the, the field at SoFi Stadium in Hollywood Park um, on Wednesday night at 8 Eastern time on NFL Network. I would be stunned if that's not the first words out of my mouth. Cowboys at Bucks. That is a that's major a piece of, game. that is a monster game. Monster. And I know it's a huge piece of filet mignon that Fox would absolutely want. Ah, And that Fox would absolutely want, and the league would probably love to have it, maybe week 10, you know, late window on Fox, only game in town, Aikman and Buck in the booth. I know that Fox wants that game in the worst possible way. And that Thursday night to start a season is what the NFL wants to grab everybody by the lapels. You can do that with the Bills and the Bucks. It will still be of interest Nothing beats the Cowboys and Dak's first game back at the Bucks. Nothing beats it. If you want to put the best possible foot forward, and I think the league will want to do that because you look at the ratings for everything in the oh, COVID-19 world, you, it, they, many of them are, are not up to par for a lot of people, for a lot of sports. Some are. I mean, the Kentucky, Kentucky Derby, Derby numbers was, were terrific. It way up, yeah. And the draft numbers were down this year compared to the previous year in terms of, I think, second and third First night was terrific. Yep. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Before this show, Dan Patrick had Bob Baffert on. Now, look, uh, I don't know a damn thing about doping or anything going on. Steroids in... I'm not an expert when it comes to humans, let alone horses. <laughs> okay? But, you know, Medina's spirit, winning the Kentucky Derby... I think uh, Steve Kornacki was the only one who really called it right. He's
2: the only one who called it on the pre-show,
0: right? And yeah. so he he nailed it, and very few people did, you know, uh, did despite the fact that Baffert has won a gajillion of these, right? It was Baffert's only horse in the race, and he has a twelve one shot. Had double or close to double the legal amount, more than le- the legal amount of a drug that is normally given to horses. For pain relief and inflammation in horses, it was uh, double the amount that was supposed to be in, that's allowed to be in the, the the horse's bloodstream. And the folks at Churchill Downs suspended Baffert on the spot and said, we're going to take another look at this thing to see if he's disqualified. And Mandaloon would be named the winner. Here's what Bob Baffert had to say on the Dan Patrick Show today.
3: That specific drug is usually uh, it's, it can be injectable, but uh, the horse wasn't injected with that. So we're we're going through different. We we checked, make sure that nobody had any special creams. You know, I'm learning about it right now, uh, but nobody nobody that handled the horse that handled the horse uh, had any creams or anything like that. So we we just don't know where this came from. Do you think you've been sabotaged? I think, I don't know if I was sabotaged indirectly, I think it could have been somebody handled this horse, touched it, because at those levels, it's very minute. It, it's, it's at a level that it wouldn't affect the horse. And it's scary. They're scary levels because I've had this uh, this problem before. I'm hoping it's a mistake. Maybe it was the wrong horse or whatever, but uh, you know, the, uh, it's something that I've got an investigation team working on it, but uh it, it, it's horrible, uh, Dan. It's something that uh, I would, you know, it's, I would never risk my reputation and I train for, you know, these great horses and, and I train for great clients and it's just, it just doesn't make sense. And, but it's hard to, you know, people in the horse industry, they, they, they understand, you know, it, it's BS, but not the public.
0: And again, I don't know anything about the horse racing industry, so I wouldn't know if that's BS or not. I hope when he says he's learning about it right now, he's not referring to the science, but he's just still learning about what was around the horse and who could have touched the horse that wasn't part of his team. Right. And here is the the other soundbite. This is the one that leaps out at me because it's something similar to what he said on Fox News earlier today, too.
3: Churchill down came out with a really harsh statement. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was shocked by it um, because uh, you know I think it was just a knee-jerk cancel culture kind of reaction, and uh, and they violated my due process. I mean, this usually when these when you get a positive man, it's, it's it's supposed to be confidential, and they wait for your split to come back, and it usually takes a few weeks, and then then they they announce it but it leaked out immediately. I've had this happen to me a couple of times. They just leaks out immediately. So it, I, I, now, now I have to fight this in the public.
0: Well, I mean, I, look, I, I don't know again what Churchill Downs was thinking about if his due process was in fact violated. I don't know, I can't speak to any of that. All I know is that we've heard so many of these excuses before from so many people who said they didn't do steroids and they did, lying directly to Congress's face. The video of Rafael Palmero saying, "I never did steroids." I mean, all of that business, and and that's the problem for Bob Baffert. Certainly, since you know this isn't the first situation he has been in. Yeah, it's his fifth horse in the last year that's tested. So positive again, this is like this that. is something that he's going to have to work against, and I, I mean, for for this to happen, and for you know Churchill Downs might be like, it's going to get out. We need to get out in front of this thing. Right. Um, right. So they have to. Figure all that out. I just want to say this. The whole business of cancel culture, to me, it's called repercussions and having to take responsibility for actions. Some people may be wrongly accused of something and then they're canceled. We use the words cancel culture to try and make somebody's responsibility your burden. It's your fault that I'm being held responsible because you're just heaping on a pile because you want to cancel me. I have no desire to cancel Bob Baffert at all. I want to know what the hell happened. Why is his horse popping for this drug? Why has he had so many other instances of it? He has to answer that question. He can't dodge those questions by saying he's been wrongly accused because of cancel culture. Joe Jackson was cancel cultured. People got cancel cultured throughout because they were being held responsible. Now, so many people are using that phrase, and it's just—it just really rankles me. I don't know a single person in in my business that wants Bob Baffert canceled, but I want some answers. His horse got had this high level. Yeah. If it's a wrong, if it's a wrong, you know, drug test, then let's find out about it. But he has every right for his due process, and we'll see how it all plays out. But the whole cancel culture thing, just like, my God. But stick to sports, everybody. Everybody should stick to sports. <laughs> but sports people should use these other terms. But everyone else, let's stick to sports. I don't have to stick to sports. I'll start throwing around words like cancel culture. Eight four four two zero four. 204 rich number to dial. Jake Tapper. He won't stick to news. He's got a new book. That's coming up next. Can't wait to chat with Jake in a moment. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least.
4: I wouldn't call it that, but I... I, I,
0: I will. Well, to me, a Christmas movie isn't a Christmas movie just because it takes place during Christmas. There really? must be what? some... Isn't that the definition, definition, of, a definition? of a Christmas, no. Christmas movie? No. no, no. The definition of a Christmas movie is, yes, it may take place during Christmas, but there is some essence of the Christmas spirit redemption. that is woven throughout the entire... Saving the world? ...film. Like redemption? No. no. Like... Forgiveness. Going after love, Forgiveness. No, good like versus evil.
4: Miracle. Do you not think that John McClane's performance and success was a miraculous? N- no, I, no don't. I don't. I don't. No, no, one no. One man no. in shoes. One man against a, this uh, this group of thugs. How many movies do you see? One man against a Thinking group of thugs.
0: It just happens to take place during Christmas. That makes it a Christmas. Do movie? You don't
4: think that John McClane in any way was intended to be a Christ figure, symbolically? Absolutely not. <laughs> the stigmata on his feet mean nothing to you. Nothing. <laughs> He's not wearing a shirt. His nothing? shoes
0: are taken off. He had a. He took off yeah. his shoes. That's why they shot the glass. There is whoever shot the glass in 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 the Bible. I mean, like, what are we talking about here? I don't think they had glass. So back Christmas then. movies
4: have to only have like be it, limited by spirit. what is ex- experienced exactly. in the year zero. People have to have some <laughs> feel good thing at the end, like it's a wonderful life. Me and Rich, we talk about right. it. Right? And angel the gets its, it's wings? Like, Which it angel got its and wings? wings? In, in, John McClane. In, in, All right, please. John McClane comes to, on Christmas Eve, comes to try to fix his life, right? Okay. With his wife, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> her name is Her name is Holly. Like deck the balls. Ball, with bows of... Is her name Molly? No, her name is not Molly. Nope. Her name is Holly. Okay. All right. The entire film takes place on Christmas Eve. Start to finish. It's not just like one scene. The entire film... Christmas references throughout the movie, there is a Judas character, right? I mean, there is a pregnant woman at Nakatomi uh, Plaza. There, there are, There is reference after reference of miracles and one man sacrificing himself to the point that he has stigmata, bloody feet. That just happens? You're like, oh, they shot out the window. Yes, why do you think the screenwriter had them shoot out the window so that he could have bloody feet? This debate is over. Big you guys just—you
0: guys just got owned by Jake. I say. did not get no, owned. No, no, you completely owned by not Jake. All. I might have lost to a, a puppet. I might eye. have lost. I just might have lost to a diehard puppet.
4: I don't know what Pop, that means. I'm not a puppet. <laughs> you're the puppet. <laughs> you're the
3: puppet. <laughs> he's your hero, Chris. He's, your mean, hero. he's like your John McClane. He, he really
0: is my John. Oh my god, he's my hero. So back <laughs> on the Rich Eisen show here on Peacock and this radio station. I love this man. I don't care who knows it. I don't know how he does it, and the it is everything that he does. He is back here on the Rich Eisen Show, Chief Washington Correspondent for CNN, the host of The Lead with Jake Tapper, State of the Union with Jake Tapper, and he's got a new novel out. I love The Hellfire Club. It is a page-turner and The Devil May Dance. I cannot wait to read the latest novel from Jake Tapper. How are you, Jake?
4: I'm so good, and I I love you so much, but I I don't know why you bring up all the... The, the one area where we disagree, <laughs> so, like we, you and I mm. agree on so many things yes. in in life, yes. in in entertainment, in mm. broadcasting, and you constantly bring up constantly <laughs> yes. the one thing where we disagree. And you know what? I've been holding this in reserve. Um, oh, but I, you know, because of spoilers, I don't want to spoil the movie for people. Okay, but. The pivotal moment in Die Hard, yes. the pivotal moment mm-hmm. where John McClane is not going to survive. The whole mission is going to be a failure. He is going to die. Holly is going to be killed, et cetera. Holly is her name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then he sees a Christmas display with presents and Christmas tape. Mm-hmm. This is the climax of the movie. And he we don't know that he does this until later. With the Christmas tape that only exists because it's Christmas at Nakatomi Plaza, mm-hmm. he tapes the gun to his back and thus surprises the bad guy and saves the day. Period. Spoilers. I apologize yeah. to your it's, listeners.
0: It's Spoilers. long. It's, it's, it's been it's it's it's, 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 it's 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 been long enough, Jake Tapper. And you're, again, referring to the fact that um, I say Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. movie. You, you say it is and we just showed that uh, setup for our peacock audience now our radio audience joining us here um, i just set that just to set the stage for the fact that for fans <laughs> of yours jake yeah. and i am one i'm a huge oh. fan of yours
4: jake i'm the president of the of the richard eisen fan club well we're
0: we're back and forth then i mean we're simpatico yeah. like that that for fans of yours and fans of your writing that yep. the fact that you have a new novel coming yes, out I right do. now, The Devil May Dance. Comes out tomorrow. Just like Die Hard, it's like Christmas in the summertime.
4: <laughs> you see I what I'm saying? I appreciate that. You know what I mean? I like, so,
0: so people want to have their summer vacation and a page-turning book, which is what I did uh, with the Hellfire Club uh, on a beach, and it's perfect material for that. Perfect, perfect. So for their summers, it's, it's like Christmas arriving uh, out of season. Jake, that's why I
4: kind of bring that I appre- up. I appreciate it and I love it and I love where you're going. You're, go- you're, you're, you're going to a positive place and I appreciate well, that. Just so you know, people yes. need to understand that when you karaoke with Rich Eisen, you are, it is basically you sit down and you just listen to Rich Eisen sing Sinatra songs for an hour with a lovely voice. A, a deep baritone.
0: Well, I, but we need to say this, Jake. Um it's not because I hog the mic. I just I'm just no, giving no, no, the no. people what they want. Yes, you know, yes, it's requ- yes. I take
4: by request in the oh, room. Oh yes, yes, yeah. No, no. Okay. You need to put asses in the seats. Uh, a <laughs> 100%. That's what that's about. It's not hogging the mic by by any stretch. But my only point is Yes. I think you will really enjoy this book because yes. it presents Sinatra as a person, as a character uh it warts and all, good things and bad things, and he is the premise of the book is based on a real story, a real thing that happened, which is as you know, Sinatra and the Rat Pack worked their heart out to elect JFK in nineteen sixty. Uh and then Sinatra felt that when President Kennedy came to the to California mm. at some point, he would yeah, of course President Kennedy would stay with him uh at his Rancho Mirage compound. And he had all sorts of construction done to it. He had rooms built. He had telephone lines put in. He had a helipad built. And then Attorney General Robert Kennedy uh, was starting to get hanky about this because he thought, you know, I am fighting organized crime here. And Sinatra literally is friends with mobsters. He's, Sam Gianconas has stayed at this compound. I don't know if I can let my brother stay there. That's the true story, and that was the premise for... The Devil May Dance, which is Charlie and Margaret, my main characters from the Hellfire Club, he's a congressman, she's a zoologist, go out to investigate to find out if Sinatra is actually mobbed up, and he's in the middle of filming The Manchurian Candidate, I love it. and he meets all these folks. So I really, like even if none of your listeners buy this book, <laughs> you really will like this book. And I mailed you one, so yes, you sure. should have it arriving anytime soon, sometime soon. You will really like it. I, I guarantee it.
0: I have, I have the book, Jake, and you know, I may or may not already have a photograph that of me reading it not staged at all when I post it on Instagram. <laughs> it's not staged at all uh, being totally engrossed by the material, Jake. You will. I, already, you
4: will, you will. I can't wait. And uh, something else, there is a song in the book mm-hmm. called The Devil May Dance that, uh, that um, I wrote. I did not write yeah. the melody. Because I, as you know, do not have a good pitch. Well,
0: the, the great Sammy Kahn must have written it, right, <laughs> Jake? I mean, if you're going to go real here, I mean, Van
4: Houston, I think, was uh, <laughs> was the. But but this is you'll enjoy this. So when the lawyers are going over the book to make sure that nobody can sue me for <laughs> them, because there are all sorts of people, real people. Most of them are dead, but real people uh, in the book, and the Church of Scientology makes an appearance, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Well, and the thing that's amazing, Jake Tapper here on The Rich Eisen Show, and I will uh, gladly toot your horn, sir, is, again, in the Hellfire Club, please you mentioned, me no, no, first, no, seriously, the, <laughs> What you just mentioned, you know, uh, one of the characters, um, Margaret Martyr, is a zoologist, I mean, Brockman, you read the Hellfire Club, I, I'm learning about Uh, I'm learning about animals. I'm learning about everything about zoology. I'm learning about that stuff. Your research is... In a fun way. In a fun uh, way. It is. No, no, no. no. It is. It's great. I'm not boring anybody. Uh, This is my way to point out that the research you do is intense. It's clear that you have researched everything, every last detail. And I'm sure you, 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 you may have a person or people help you with that, but nope. when, there you go. So when the hell do you have time to do all this? Did you write this Ray book clicks. while you're covering the 2020 election? Like, I wrote this
4: the, book. Uh, let's see, the, the first one came out in 2018. So I, I wrote it in 2018, 2019 and 2020. So I wrote it during those periods. Um, when? When the hell do you have time if to do if you, this? If, you, if you're in a writing project, and I assigned you a writing project, you might remember yes. a couple of years ago, I assigned you a book. And I did write. nothing with it, Jake, because I'm I'm a that slacker a, compared to that you. That is a bestseller. You just have to sit there. But here's the deal. Okay. You already know all the stuff in your book, though. I'm not going to spoil it, because that's your, that's your project. Okay. But... If you if you are in the middle of a writing project, and if you promise to yourself and you pledge to write fifteen minutes a day, fifteen minutes, every you can find fifteen minutes in your day—lunch, breakfast, right before you go to bed—fifteen minutes is not that hard. Even if that's all you do, at the end of the week, that's an hour forty-five minutes of writing. That's four pages, three pages. I mean, that's not nothing. So it adds up. And but let me tell. So anyway, I was able to do that. Plus, in two thousand twenty. I was at home broadcasting from April through August, so right. there's an hour-and-a-half commute I don't have anymore. Uh, plus, you know, normally I would be traveling all over the country covering the presidential race, not so much. In, in 2020, I, I did two trips once to Michigan to interview Biden, and then in December I drove to Delaware to interview him and the vice president. That was it. Those are my two trips. In no election year have I ever had so little travel. So I, did, so I had more time on my hands than normal. But the the thing I wanted to tell you about the the fakes Sinatra song that I wrote is yes. so the lawyers are going through it, the book to make sure that nobody can sue. Yes. And they say, you know, you can only put one line of a song in a book because otherwise people will sue you. The the, the whoever owns the rights to the song will say that's our property. You can't do more than uh, fair use is one line. Period. Right. Um, so they're like you. are Tapper, you're crazy. You you know that you can only do one line. We've been through this before, and you have an entire Sinatra song in here, the whole, every lyric, and it's like wound through the climax of the book which takes place at the nineteen sixty two Oscars. Like, what are you doing? And I said, It's not real. I made it up. It's not a real song. And that was like the and they said, Well, you need to put that in there because people are going to go crazy trying to Google it trying to find it. But uh, that's like the greatest compliment that you can give Of somebody. course like, it I is. I thought it was uh, real. They thought it was real.
0: Well, was also the fact of the New York Times in reviewing, it said that, uh, what well, Janet Maslin said, she missed the book when she was done with it. So congrats that on that, man.
4: She's tough. She gave my she gave a middling review of my first book. So for her to give such a nice review of this one meant a, a tremendous amount to me.
0: Well, I mean, I couldn't be more happy for you. What, what do I do with one of my friends here um, who you met in D.C. Uh, when you were on the show last, who finally took the recommendation of mine to watch The Manchurian Candidate, the old Sinatra film that was a classic but then removed from the theaters by Frank himself because of the assassination of John F. Kennedy and how it could be somehow construed for him to foreshadow it in the, in the brilliant movie that he watched the first half of it, stopped watching it. How long ago did you stop watching it, Chris?
4: it's gotta be six months he maybe. hasn't watched
0: it again what do, what do i do with that jake? you
4: haven't watched he hasn't watched the second half of no, it no jake
0: jake in my defense <laughs> dude
4: it, Dude. before you say what you've
0: got going on you just heard this man's work ethic okay what he's got yes, going on I in understand, his life but jake as you might know i have a one-year-old like yeah. i don't have any time by the time he dude, goes he's got, to got two bed, children but they're no, not. I, I, they're I, I not can, one. I can.
4: I can sympathize.
0: Like I can I'm think. so exhausted <laughs> oh. at 7:30 every oh, night. I, I, because you guys think Christmas uh, Christmas comes in the Die Hard uh, collection every <laughs> I year. Can That's but years. I
4: will say that movie is really ahead of its time but yeah, and yeah. really trippy. Not quite. Like a no. really weird movie. Like oh, I yeah. watching it now. Mm. Watching it, and I just watched it uh, uh, a few uh, weeks ago. Um, yeah. Because because uh, some of the book some of my book takes place while they're filming this uh, Criterion asked me to do an intro to the Manchurian Candidate okay. which is a huge honor because I'm a huge fan oh of old classic films so I watched it again and oh my God it is such a weird movie it is in a great way very trippy way ahead of its time and the idea that it took place it came out. A year before JFK was assassinated, um, where you know when the movie is about a major political assassination. Do you know this, by the way? Do you know that Arthur Krim, who was the head of Universal, I'm sorry, the head of United Artists, uh-huh. which uh, which released the film, and also a major Democratic uh, fundraiser and advisor, Arthur Krim put a hold on it. He would not let the movie be made, and then Sinatra had to go to Hyannis Port, beg President Kennedy, please tell Krim to let this happen this is a great movie and and kennedy had read the book uh and the book is even more trippy than the movie the the, the book wow. the mom of the assassin there's actually like actual incest that takes place in the in the movie it's just like implied kind of yes the, that's
0: right uh, with angela lansbury and whatever but yes yeah.
4: and so kennedy's reaction was uh that's great who plays who plays the mom and uh at the, at the time, they had not even cast Angela Lansbury. You know who Sinatra, Sinatra wanted in the part? Lucille Ball. <laughs> True story. Oh, wow.
0: Hey, Jake, I'm up against the end of an hour, as you know, uh, to use a phrase that pays in the news business, so I'll have to leave it there. Um, I love you, Jake Tapper. Congrats too, on this book. We'll chat again soon. Thank you so and, much. I'll talk congrats. to you soon. See Everybody you, get the book. It's going to be amazing. The Hellfire Club is amazing. Jake is uh, a remarkable mind, to say the least. I want to thank Joel Klatt, Peter King, Jason Light, and Jake Tapper. And I want to thank Urban Meyer for giving us the whole week to talk about Tim Tebow. Because he's been signed by the Jaguars. Unbelievable. Set up tomorrow's show when we come back on the radio. We'll see you Tuesday.